Welcome to episode 12 of We Need More. This is the podcast where we interview leaders, creatives, and trailblazers about how they are changing the narrative in our community. In this episode, we interview Rondell Holder, founder of Soul Society One-on-One. If you don't know Rondell or Soul Society's podcast or IG, I'm just going to assume that you don't have a passport. So after this episode, go apply for the passport. And to all my travelers, step your stamp game up. Before I get into my next question, can you please introduce yourself and tell us about who you are and what you do? What's up, everybody? I'm Rondo Holder, CEO and creator of Soul Society 101. Um, hopefully, y'all listen to Soul Society 101, the podcast. Better. Follow on Instagram, check out the blog, some videos and things I put out, but all about providing education and entertainment. Um, black people seeing the world, man. Let's inspire each other to travel further, dig into culture. Um, and just grow from it. That's what I'm all about. What did you do prior to this? Prior to this, I did a lot of things. Um, most of my career track is in marketing. Um, so I've worked in entertainment media for about 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, Essence, Complex, Pandora Radio, things like that. Before that, um, I worked at a few banks, and I knew I had to get out of that career path because I was like, I can't be dressed up every day. I'm a very <laughs> casual guy. And that was the main thing. I was like, this is too stuffy for me. So I had to, like, um, figure that out. And then before that, a bunch of odds and ends, you know, high school, college, you do whatever it is you can to yeah, get yeah. a few dollars in. So What college did you go to? Temple University in Philly. Oh, not yeah. too far. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what did you major in? Um, marketing. Marketing. Yeah. Okay, so you follow. You definitely follow that path. What, did you do that at the banks as well? Um, I did. Yeah, my oh. career path was going in marketing in the finance industry. Okay. Um, and I managed to navigate that, that to marketing and entertainment. So then you moved on from, how did you move from marketing for these big name companies to starting, what did you, you started Soul Society first? Well, it was all, it happened all at the same time. So okay. there was, um, I can't remember what year it was, but I was working at Vibe Magazine and... I knew I wanted to quit. And I was just like, I don't know how to quit. I don't know what I have lined up. Mm. And I was interviewing, and then I was just like, well, this the funny story. This is kind of full circle. Um, I wanted to go on a trip. And my boss at the time was like, oh, that's not going to work. And I was like, so I quit. <laughs> and I told some friends around me, and they were like, what are you doing? You're crazy. I was like, you know. I'm really not about people telling me what to do, especially when it's something that I know I want to do. What so, was this trip to? I don't even remember. It was. It wasn't even it's like. Even it wasn't even like worth it. That's the thing. It wasn't even like one of those life changing. Like, it was just like no. I want to go on this trip. I'm very passionate about travel, as you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I quit and I started Soul Society in that time, and I started a marketing agency at that time. Okay. Um. And Soul Society in the very early stages was me just posting an Instagram, showing me on trips and where I'm going and what I'm doing. And then 
that wasn't bringing in money for like the first three, four years maybe. And then, um, oh, so this was, this was 2012. I just remember the year. This is 2012. And then the marketing agency had money coming in and I was like, oh, I'm winning. I'm out here getting these checks. And then I realized the type of marketing I was doing was very seasonal. So in the spring and summer, it was great. And the fall started to slow down. And winter was like no money. So then I was like, okay, um, no got to find a job. No so, <laughs> Dang. so I went back to work, started working for Complex. Um, okay. Full time? Full time. I was there for a year, then moved on to Essence. Um, and yeah, that's sort of been my journey. And I still work with Essence. Um, in a different capacity than when I first started, but um, yeah. So you're like uh, like a consultant. You're like a contributor. How do you? I do a with lot them? with Essence. So okay. I do some travel um, contributor nice. writing. I do. I've hosted stages, which is very random. Like I've become like a beard personality, which is very again. And we just talked about you know um, owning your space, yes. but I'm like. I'm not a personality. I'm just like a regular whatever. Anyway, I've I've hosted a few <laughs> a few events um and videos and stuff. Uh done a lot of video content and then of course marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what's the marketing agency? Wait, first, how did you think you were going to make money from Instagram in terms of just like posting initially in terms of posting like places you've been and stuff like that? Why did, why did you think that it was going to be interesting for people and that you would actually make money from it. What was your thought behind so it? So the first, the first thought was not money at all. The first thought was, um, I've always liked to travel. I didn't get a chance to travel until like after college. I'm not one of those. I didn't study abroad, which is my one biggest regret from college. I didn't, um, you know, do this extended spring break. I didn't do the gap year that you hear some people after college. I just traveled for uh, a year. Who did that? <laughs> I didn't do I didn't do any of those amazing things that you would think someone who loves traveling would do. Yeah. But as soon as I got a degree and got some money in my pocket, I was like, oh, I'm out. I'm doing everything. I'm going everywhere. No one can stop me. Um, and so I started Soul Society because every time my friends would travel, they would hit me up like, oh, I'm going to such and such. What did you do there? What did you like? What, what mm. didn't you like? How is it for black people traveling there? And really, it came out of it being annoying having to write out these emails to my friends who were like, yeah, it was like, maybe I should start a blog because clearly if more than one person is asking me for travel information, this is a thing, especially from the black perspective. And I always tell people like when you're thinking about starting a business, a company, a brand, anything, think about how you're going to be different. Like what is the void in the marketplace? And at the time for black people, there was no like travel platform. Like this Mm -hmm. was, Travel Noir wasn't out, Nomadness Tribe wasn't out. All these different things that exist now weren't out. Yeah, so at the time, um, there was no, like, black travel platform. Like, so I would Google, when I would go to different places, things for black people to do in blank country. And I wouldn't find anything. And, um, you know, at the time, Travel Noir wasn't out, Nomadness wasn't out. All these black travel platforms that exist, exist now weren't out. And I was like, well, let me just put this up. You never know. Um, I can't be the only one Googling black, you know, things for black people to do in X country. And all my friends are hitting me up. So clearly there's a need for something like this. So I put it out there. Initially, it was just me posting on Instagram of me going to different places. You know, things were getting like two likes back in the day in 2012. If you scroll all the way back, please don't because I hope you have a like. But if you scroll all the way back to like the first post on Soul Society, it's like under 10 likes probably. Um, And it was me like eating a piece of corn somewhere probably. Like that, that was the conception and then 
um, I started opening up to more people because I'm like, well, I haven't gone everywhere. Um, and I want to get more content up. So I started sharing other people going different places. Um, and then as that happened, I don't know who started first, but a, a lot of the other Black Travel pages, mm -hmm. um, not saying they bit off me, even though I don't know, but they might have popped up at, around the same time. And um, so I was like, okay, cool. We have this community building, different communities building, and different lanes of people also. Like, I'm a firm believer in creating an, a niche for yourself, but also that different people can play in the same space because right. we're not all the same. Like, all of right. our minds are different. We all bring something unique. Um, so I opened it up to other people sharing their content. And then Black Travel, and I'm putting up air quotes, y'all can't see me, became a thing. And it just got a ton of press coverage. And I was just yeah. like, whoa, what is happening? It came out of nowhere. And again, this wasn't my intent. My intent was like, my friends keep asking me where, what to do when they go places. I can't find things to do when I go places. Yeah. But then Black Travel became a thing. And then it was just like the New York Times, the Daily News, BET, BuzzFeed, all these pickups. And I was like, whoa. And then my following went from like 3,000 to like 30,000 or something like that. And then... From there, more people, more eyeballs came to it, and um, people started tagging their friends, like, oh, we got to do this when we go to whatever such country. Such, yeah. yeah, and so it just started building organically from there. Um, but that was that was the beginning. It wasn't about making money. I'm grateful that it's made me money, but that, that wasn't the point at all. It was really to solve something for people. So you didn't travel prior to college? I, mean, I, did, I did, but not, like, not extensive travel. Like, I've been to, my family's from the West Indies. Yes. Um, my mother's side is from Grenada. My father's side is from Jamaica. So They always bring you back. Listen, <laughs> it's, it's like a rite of passage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a rite of passage. Like, West Indian people know what it is. You definitely got to go home. But you know when you travel home as a child, it doesn't feel like. No, you at home. You, you, you literally in back somebody's at home. house. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and you're for, doing the same thing you're doing it. <laughs> exactly. And they may put you to work. Like, it ain't all luxury when you're. Child. I only started traveling really internationally um, after college. And what was your first trip? Do you remember? My first, well, I know my first passport stamp as an adult was Mexico. Okay. Um, I went to Cabo. <laughs> that was yours? Oh, I went to Cabo too. Yeah, yeah. And um, I did more of the Caribbean outside of the countries that my family is from. Although, yeah. I need to put out this disclaimer Jamaica and Grenada are amazing places to visit. So I'm not downing them because now I go to vacation. Yeah. And they are two of my favorite places in the world. So where is your favorite place in Europe to go? Oh, that's easy. Italy. Italy, hands down, is the best place. I don't care what anyone says. Nothing touches Italy in Europe. I'm giving Jamal. What, what Why, am I giving you right Italy now? Discussions? What What's am I giving? Since we've met. Oh, uh, you're going to get there. You're going to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to get there. When? But, hey, hey, okay. Don't put pressure on my guy over here. Y'all going to get there. <laughs> He's like, every year, oh, you want to go to this other place that's not Italy? All right. You want to go to this other place that's not Italy? Fine. No, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Italy was not the first place. I knew from when I was a child, Italy was going to be my place in Europe. I just felt it. I felt it. Sometimes the you know. The pasta is calling me. That's all I need. The Now the wine is calling Listen, me. right. I have a bottle I've saved since the since we started dating that's from, <laughs> that's signed by, like, the winemaker Listen, from Italy. You're going to fall in love. There are some places that 
as long as you have heard about the place or seen photos, you know that's going to be the spot for you. I knew I was going to love Italy, but I've been to many countries in Europe before Italy. Yeah. And when I finally got there, I was like, oh, my God. But Italy's your favorite. So, Jamal, anyway, moving on to <laughs> Asia. We're in Asia. Um, now, Northern Asia, let's talk about because, like, we have Southern, like, India. I'm still in Italy. Can we talk about Italy for a second? Yes. Let's talk, let's talk more about Italy. I'm ready. Let's go. So, Italy. Because oh, so... somebody needs to know about Italy, Jamal. No, you guys are going to get there. So, Italy is amazing because... There are so like there are some countries that you go to that there's only like one region that's good. Italy is the type of place we started. We did like two weeks in seven regions, everything from beginning to end. They're all different foods, so each region has different foods, or they prepare foods differently. Um, totally different architecture and landscapes in each place. Super easy to navigate. Mm. Just a train through everything, except Capri, which is a boat, of course. Yeah, and then. The food, the people, before we get to the food, because the food is a whole thing. The people are so warm and welcoming, and I don't know. It's like... It's a good place for us to go. Yes. Okay. I mean, from my experience, and I spent two weeks there, I had nothing but amazing experiences. I know you can't say everyone's good in any one country, so I'm sure there's bad people in Italy, but I ain't meet them. Right. I ain't meet them. When I was there, it was all of, like, and not just, like, Cool. Like, no, what are you doing here? Welcome to welcome to, Come my, to my house. I mean, so warm and welcoming. And then the food. So the food is if you like Italian food, if you think you like Italian food, you will die in Italy because the food is like a million times better. Mm, mm. Like the pasta is so fresh. I just I can't. I can't. Italy is I can. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite parts, for those of you who are going to Italy, Florence and the southern region, which is um, like Amalfi, Sorrento, Positano. Those are my favorite regions. And that is more like seafood pastas, which Mm. is amazing. And Florence is like the creamy, oh, just mm, too much. It's great. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) And if you like architecture, Rome is the place to be. They have most of the history. Um... But the food was actually the food wasn't that great in Rome, surprisingly. You would think that Like you said, they have the history, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you go and you travel, we're gonna get to the other places. When you go and travel, what do you look for? You said the people, the food. Yeah, people, food, um, scenery. Standing cliffside and looking at the sea, it's just I can't even put words to it. It's one of the most beautiful sights I've ever seen. Wow. Um, so I look for that. And I look for something unique. Um, because I'm from New York, I've experienced a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't like going to a city that feels like just another city. Because yeah. there's so many of those places that I'm like, okay, I get there. And I'm like, so this is what y'all were so hype about? Like, it's cool. <laughs> but I didn't need to travel around the world for this. Um, so, yeah, I really like unique experiences and places that have a very distinct culture. That's very important to me. When we travel, we try to find, like, the black parts of... Oh, I do that too. No, I do that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so where do black people at? Domestically and internationally. And my most recent trip to Copenhagen, I was struggling a little bit because I was like, where are all the black people? And don't get me wrong. It's in Northern Europe. Yeah. It is a, it is white by nature. But I'm just used to black people being everywhere. Like, everywhere yeah. everywhere I've gone in the world, I've seen Tokyo. I've seen black yes. many black people. So 
I went to Copenhagen and was like, all right, well, I don't see the black people. It's cool. This is okay. But And then we went um, to the meatpacking district. And then that's where we saw like sprinkles of black people, but they weren't doing well for themselves. And I don't like mm. that. Yeah. So I also don't like going to a country and be like, oh, all the black people are suffering. That's not cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Most places that we've been to, that we travel to, they will give us like a little history. I, I let people know I'm Haitian. I usually travel with my Haitian blanket that Jamal got me right. <laughs> so it's like like my flag. Like, I'm coming. I'm Haitian. Yo, I'm first here. first of all, what is wrong with West Indians? Because we carry flags everywhere. Everywhere. It's hilarious. I was watching this. Sorry to cut you off, by the way. <laughs> no worries. I was watching this Coachella video. I can't remember who was performing, <laughs> but then someone had a Jamaica cape on, and I was just like, what? what? This is Coachella. This is Coachella. Why is so, this? <laughs> and? Anyway, back to your story of you carrying your Haitian and, blanket. And so, yeah, I carry my, my Haitian blanket, you know, and um, but what, the places we've gone to, especially more recently, they have like a history, uh, maybe a little bit of history about like how the Haitians may have represented for their countries because mm. like a lot of people don't know, even Haitians don't know that like the Haitians like were like all about the war. They're all about like uh, freeing people and going into different like countries and helping them get their independence. Yeah. You know, it's harder. It's hard on the Haitians because like you would think we would have a little bit more independence and not have to pay reparations for for what. Mm. And But we went out there and we... We're out there fighting for other people as well. And Facts. and and just be being able to go to places where they're like, oh, this is what the Haitians have done. I'm like, yo, this is not even in the American history books. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, we, fought, so we much, fought here too. There's so much that's not in American history books, which is another whole other topic, but possibly, quite possibly, an, a, a reason why black kids be in these history classes. Like, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all ain't talking about us. Yeah. And there's so much history, so much that black people have contributed to American history, world history, that just goes undocumented. Absolutely. And that's one of my biggest reasons for traveling also. You learn so much truth that you will never know if you don't go. Mm-hmm. Things that are never recorded, that aren't written down, that aren't in vlogs and videos, that you only hear when you go different places. Right. Yeah. Back on the topic of places, Asia, best place to go. Northern um, Asia. Asia is a toss-up between Thailand and Japan. Um, for very different reasons. Uh-huh. So Tokyo, I spent seven days in Tokyo with my little brother, and that, when you talk about a city that is unique, I mean, they're doing it so much better than any city in the U.S. Mm. In terms of infrastructure, in terms of technology, in terms of logistics, the way people operate. I went to Shibuya Crossing as the biggest intersection in the world. It's like seven lanes of traffic coming together, and it's smooth every time the light changes. Like, the light changes and everyone crosses each yeah. other. Yeah. And it's peaceful. And I'm like, that just says something about the people here. Because Times Square now, <laughs> for example. Yeah, you getting, you getting, you know, you throwing them bows. But, um, but besides that, like, just the layout of things. Like, we had all the hotel rooms are super small. So, me and my brother were like, we supposed to both be in this room right here. But everything is laid out so efficiently. And makes so much sense the way the trains work makes mm-hmm. so much sense. Like we left being so inspired, like, oh, okay, New York, which touts itself as the best city in the world, which it's one of, you know, I'm a proud New Yorker, but there's so much to learn. Yeah. Like there's so much to learn from other cultures. Like Tokyo, fashion, food, music, people, partying. Like we went to a hip hop club and it was lit. I bet. I was like, what is happening out here? Good DJ. They played a little dance, a little soccer. I was like, in Tokyo though. <laughs> 
Um, and, and folks were like partying, folks party, dancing. Hard, hard, hard. It was amazing. And how did they receive you? Every, all, it was all love, all love. So, you know, you know when they say, oh, black people go to Asia, people like want to touch your hair, or take photos of you. It was none of that. That happened in Cuba for me. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a hot mess because... Cuba got a lot of black people. And they were like, oh, I was a girl. Cuba got a lot of black people, so they need to get it together. <laughs> um, but stark difference, we had a layover in Tokyo. We had a layover in Beijing. And that's when we got all the stares and all the people looking at us and trying to, like, basically we're animals. And it was like, oh, okay, so China and Japan are very different in mm. that way. Um, so, yeah, Japan is one of my favorites. And then Thailand. Thailand was an experience, too, because we went to Chiang Mai, Phuket, and Bangkok. Mm-hmm. I didn't love Bangkok. Dirty, busy, crazy, mess. Traffic is horrible. All mm-hmm. that stuff. Chiang Mai and Phuket were amazing. And the islands off of Phuket. One, the dollar goes so far. Mm-hmm. Like, meals were like $2. I'm like, wait, I'm going to get this pad thai and fresh fish for like $4? Y'all sure? Like, yo, slide in the money and I'm hurry pay, up. Let's I'm go. I'm going to pay you before you change your mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, the people were so nice. And then there, oh, going back to Japan really quickly. I love the dynamic between how they respect history and their futuristic ways so yeah. you'll be in a temple that's from like whatever 1600 or something like that or something even further back and then right across the street is like robot cafe and i'm like this is like right up the street from each other so it's rare that you see a culture embrace the future so much and technology but also respect history so i really love that about what's robot Tokyo. cafe uh, it's an interesting experience where there's a lot of robots doing human-like things yeah. in a restaurant. <laughs> um, so anyway, going back to Thailand, I love it because of the temples. Like, they have amazing temples. Mm-hmm. The food is like, if you like Thai food, again, it's like Italy. Like, if you like Thai food, you go to Thailand, you're going to be like, yo. And what's your spice level? I can take spice. Mm. I mean, you know, I'm West Indian. So yes, I'm yes. like, put the pepper on it. You know, let's... <laughs> Let's get into it. Clear up my sinuses real quick. All that. <laughs> Have um, me sweating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Out. I like that. I like that. Um, and we went for the Lantern Festival, um, wow, which yeah, was beautiful. beautiful, beautiful. It's where you, everyone meets by the river and at one moment, everyone releases their lantern. So you look up and the sky is just lit with lanterns. Um, and what's the purpose of that again? It's like you're releasing all the bad energy, all the bad things you've been through in the last year since the last festival. Yeah. So it's just like a release, basically. Yeah. And it seems cheesy, but oh. it's a magical experience. Like, it's, it's, I would definitely do it again. Yeah. Yeah. What about the Caribbean? What's your favorite place in the Caribbean? Well. Don't be biased now. I'm not being biased. I'm not. My favorite places are Grenada, Jamaica, um, St. Lucia mm-hmm. was amazing. And Barbados, but I've only been for crop over. So I don't know if I would like it outside of that. I'm not sure. I have to I have to try it out on a regular time. Mm-hmm. Those are probably my favorites. But I still have different islands that I want to check out. Like, I haven't been to Haiti. Haiti's been high on my list. Haiti's one of those countries, like Italy, mm-hmm. where I'm like, I know I'm going to love it. I already know, and I haven't been there. <laughs> so when I get there, I know I'm going to be like, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. And I have some friends who just came back and, and had amazing reviews, so. So we, we're going to need a list of what you've done. I, I'm just curious as to what um, your friends have done and what you'll do when you're in Haiti. I'm just very oh, curious. But that's the thing. Like cer- certain trips like Italy, I put off because I know I'm going to do the most. Like yeah, I yeah. knew when I go to Italy, I'm going to do all of Italy and I'm going to take my time. Haiti's another one of those places. Because I'm like, I know I got to go to 
the capital, and yes. then I know I gotta go to Bassin Blue, which is like an yes. hour and a half out of everything else, yes. and then I know I gotta go to, um, what's the city? Cap, uh, Haitian? Is it? I gotta do the most. So I'm gonna be there for like two weeks, and then there's so much history, it being the first independent yes, yes. black country, so, um, it's gonna be like a two Because, you know, trip. I go and I'm just like, all right, I'm at home. We got our house, and yeah, which and so I we, get when you're as, when you're going home to yeah. a country, it feels different than like being a visitor for the yeah. f- especially for the first time. But Haiti's gonna be one of those trips where I gotta like settle in for a little bit. So when I take Jamal, we'll we'll have to do it like you know, like a tourist does. Yeah, well, a little bit of both. So in Trinidad, yeah. I have to take him to Trinidad yeah. too. Yeah, I have to take him. I have to take him to Carnival so you can get a proper. Oh, yeah. Carnival experience. Well, you know, Trinidad is like, Trinidad Carnival is the biggest Caribbean carnival. So, yeah. yeah. I have to give Good him luck. a proper experience. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, yeah. See if he could withstand it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about South America? You know, it's crazy. I haven't been to South America. Not yet. Not Man. once. Okay. Not one part. Where? Where would you wanna go to I first? want to go to Brazil. Uh-huh. Um, Rio, yeah, but I wanna go to. Um, Sao Paulo, and then there's a region, I'm missing the name right now, that has a huge African population, Salvador de Bahia, yeah, yeah. and that's where they have, like, the um, the history, it's, like, directly linked to West Africa, they practice some of the same Santeria, religions and yeah. all that stuff, that I really want to spend we're, time Which there. we're going to get into, okay. Yeah, um, so Brazil, Guyana, because it'll be interesting to see the West Indies in South America, mm-hmm. um, even though, you know... Guyanese get a little touchy when you call them South American, but it's in South America, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, those are probably the first two countries I want to hit in South America. So, you went to Benin, Togo. Yes. Because you did your ancestry, your African ancestry? Ancestry DNA. I ancestry DNA. I want to do African ancestry also, which is black owned, so I definitely want to do that one. Did you see people who look like you? This is what we were looking for when we went to Lagos or Nigeria. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, more so than look like me, they felt like me. Like, the way people walk, the way people move, the body language, the the small things, small cultural things. Like, West Indians love to... That comes from <laughs> West Africa. I was like, when I heard somebody yo, do it, I, I was in. like... I fit in so well, yo. Because I, I was, was like, oh my God. All over the place. Yeah, and and a lot of the... Just mannerisms, mannerisms, like, the, like, like I, we we watched a whole lot of Nollywood before we went, right? And I was like, "Yo, that's just, if that's not my grandmother yeah, right there." There's just so many being dramatic. And there's just, so many things that are carried over that we don't even realize how linked they are, um, and down to the food too. Like West African food and Caribbean food is like basically the same thing. Yeah, I think the Caribbean has more Indian ingredients because there was a lot of Indian mm-hmm. um, integration in the Caribbean, but like the base of the food is the same. Stew fish is the same. Yeah. You know, they have, like, fish and peppers and vinegar, which is escovish. Like, they have all the same foods, Jamal all the had same seasonings. <laughs> yeah, listen. He was dying. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, all those things, I think, are the biggest commonality that was, like, amazing to see. It's, like, small nuances that you pick up over time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that that wasn't dropped over hundreds of years and across the Atlantic Ocean. Because, you know, they tried to strip black people of everything. Yeah. Like, when you were taken from your families and they separated you from your children and your spouse and all that and Mm -hmm. tortured you and brought you to the U.S. and separated you again from the people you may have met, something still remained. Yeah. And that's 
that's amazing to see. Which um, that triggered uh, a thought that with Jamal, when we went to um, Nigeria, Jamal was interested in like the different like people and like trying to like be able to tell like the different tribes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so one of the things we learned in Badagari was like, and from through my cousin is that um, the Yoruba people, mm-hmm. they have uh, tribal markings right mm-hmm. on their face. And so that actually helped when folks came like were enslaved and um, were brought to the various like islands or the states because people were able to find their other people yeah. by those tribal yeah. markings mm-hmm. that um, necessarily that when they got to the States, they're kind of like stripped of like knowing who's who and what tribe and everyone speaking a different language and Mm -hmm. not understanding each other. So, um, that was like, ah, that was, that was really touching. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I Mm -hmm. met a lot of people because part, part of the trip was to get, um, a history lesson, a real history lesson, Mm -hmm. which, it definitely was like I learned so much and I, I pride myself on knowing a fair amount of history, especially black history, but I learned so much that I never heard of before. But the other part of it was I wanted to showcase modern day Africa because again, people have this crazy notion that it's all safari and all bush as most African countries call it, but the cities are super developed and young people, there's such a young creative presence in these African countries. Um, that thing is dope. Like they're hustling the same way we are. They're trying to figure out what the next thing is. Yep. I'm going to brunch. I'm going to day parties. Yes. We're talking about life. We're going to the beach. Like it, there's a young, vibrant presence in all of these countries um, that's so easy to connect to. It's like we're living the same life on different continents. So it was dope to connect with them and and get an idea of what their life is like obviously there are differences we're not exactly the same Mm -hmm. um but it's dope to connect and find out that that we're more similar than we would think yeah yeah jamal counted was counting all the white folks he saw where in 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 nigeria Nigeria. yeah he was like i think i saw five (laughs) (laughs) he was like doesn't that feel good (laughs) i gotta say like you know I'm all, I think every black person, my personal belief is every black person needs to visit Africa. We need to make it a pilgrimage the same way, you know, people go to Jerusalem and, and Israel and, and they, they are supposed to. Like, it's a part of the mandatory mm-hmm. requirement. I think it needs to be a requirement. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. how can we be black people in the diaspora and not at least once visit the continent that we come from? Yeah. It's doing ourselves a disservice, man. We got to... We got to go over there. And it feels good. Like, we've been sold this okey-doke that Africa is bad and poor yeah. and dangerous. Nope. And I've never been... I've been to nine countries in Africa. I've never been robbed. Nope. I've never been close to being robbed nope. or, or injured in any way. And people are so happy that I'm there. I mean, I've never had anything... I've never received anything other than love. People are curious as to why I'm there because yeah. they're like, "Oh, black people in America don't come here. Why are you here?" That's oh, really? what I get more than anything. We, we didn't get any of that. Like we, I think we saw like one thing pop off, and like the only okay, so nothing happened to us. We were out. We would be out till like three in the morning most times, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that what popped off, we were at a um, shrine, shrine temple in uh, shrine temple. Africa Shrine, new African Shrine, new African Shrine in Lagos, and um, there was like 
<laughs> traffic jam because like these two dudes were arguing in the middle of the street. One of the elders came and slapped both of them upside the head, and, was, <laughs> and then it was that was it. As they should. <laughs> They're like, man, you're blocking traffic and you're arguing about stupid stuff. As they should, because people need to be put in check. Um, and that was it. Like otherwise, we felt completely safe. Like people pretty much mind their business and were about their hustle. They didn't like really ask us like mad questions or anything. They mm-hmm. we were just like. Um, enjoying the vibe and we didn't I didn't I for sure didn't look like anybody that was there he stuck out you know uh, with his beard and hat I mean a lot of folks that you know what I'm saying I will say the beard stands out in Africa like every country I've been to that is the thing that stands out not my blackness but they're like oh okay interesting (laughs) 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 and in South Africa there I forgot my friend Lerato who lives out there told me people look at you because there's one tribe in the region that has beards and they're like this majestic, you know, coveted Ooh. tribe. So they're like, they probably think you're from there. And I'm like, well, I am, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, lead me there. Um, but yeah, other than, like, it's been all of. And I think, um, like, black people, we got to reconnect with Africa and figure it out. And, and there's a lot of capacities to do that. Like, one, just visit to visit. You don't have to visit. I, I want to say this too. The first time I was going to Africa, I was like, oh, I want to do charity. I want to do this big... You can just go for vacation. And I spoke to my South African friend. My first trip was South Africa. I spoke to my South African friend like, what should I do? I want to give back. I want to do something. She was like, just go. Just go and have a vacation. And I was like, you sure? I want to do something. Like, it's my first time going to Africa. She's like. you think you're supposed to do something, right? You think you're supposed yeah. to do something. And she's like, you're doing more by just being there and investing into black businesses, like native-owned yeah. businesses, than anything else. Like, it's great to give back. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but don't put that pressure on yourself. And when I got there, I understood what she meant. Like, there's so many opportunities to buy from black vendors, African vendors, when you're out there to dine at their establishments, to go to their bars and and boutiques and buy their clothes. Mm -hmm. And there's markets everywhere to buy their crafts. Like, that is how you're helping Africa by being there. Um, And you can do charity. You can visit schools in some of the townships. That's all great also. But just go and have a vacation the way you would have a vacation anywhere else. Um, there's beach, there's beach towns, there's cities, there's safari, and they're not all in the same place. So find yeah. out what it is that you want to do and figure out which places make sense for that. Like it's like anywhere else in the world. I think we just have to normalize Africa in that way for us. Um, we have this like it is magical. But it's also like anywhere else in the world. It is. So yeah. when people are like, what do you wear? I'm like, I wear what I wear everywhere else in the world. What did you eat? I ate chicken and fish. <laughs> it's, you know, we have to normalize it in that sense. Like, let's just go and reconnect. And yeah. once you get there, you'll realize, damn, I should have been coming here. Right? What, did, what took me so long? I need to go back Besides more the often. funds, because them countries be, you know, them flights be expensive sometimes. I know I'm like I have the Lucian rum <laughs> I have the wine from South Africa South South African wine is really good so we didn't get to get that um in Nigeria they don't actually have like something that's like a staple of theirs but we were told to get South African wine and I'm like yeah South African wine is now. really good and then when you get it in South Africa it's so cheap <laughs> you ending up you end up paying like a dollar a glass or something like that it's crazy Everything in South Africa is cheap, though. So the rand to the U.S. dollar is like 12 or 13 to 1. So we went out with like five people. Everyone had like five beers. Y'all was living like millionaires, yo. 
five beers and a meal and appetizers for everybody, like five people. And the bill came and it was like fifty dollars. I was like, I got Yo, it. I one, got it for everybody. One more round. Because <laughs> it's like, Make why this not? Again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the the currency. Um, I take full advantage of that. Like yeah. the dollar is fairly strong. You only really struggle when you get to Europe. Mm-hmm. A lot of parts of Europe are more expensive and certain parts of Asia like Japan. Um, but in Thailand, a lot of parts of Africa, um, our US dollar goes far. So make that work for you. Speaking of making it work for you, how do you travel? Do you have like a travel card? Do you like oh, do yeah. you just pay cash? Like what what's your secret oh, no. to being able to travel so much and so frequently? Never cash. So if you like to travel, you definitely need to have rewards set up all over the place. So I have rewards with airlines, um, two of my favorites to travel with, Delta and JetBlue. Um, You also look up their partners because Delta is also with KLM, Air France, um, a bunch of other airlines, Ethiopia, I believe. So if you travel any of those, you still get points towards that same bank. Um, And so through that, I've gotten free trips bunch of places like mm-hmm. i went to bermuda for free i went to jamaica for free i went to i'm going to the virgin islands for free next week mm-hmm. um this is in terms of flight um and if you travel for work add those flights to your bank as well so i travel um for marketing stuff a lot um so definitely get your rewards set up with airlines and hotels so I'm set up with Starwoods and Hilton. Well, Starwoods and Marriott now yeah. merge and Hilton. Um, so I've had free stays through that. And travel credit cards. Never, ever, ever pay cash if you're traveling. These travel reward cards, if you travel often, let mm-hmm. me clarify. Um, you get points just for spending in general. So you get double the points. I have um, a few. There, there are tons out there. Chase Sapphire, Delta Amex. Amex has a few of them. Um, Capital One has one. Barclays Bank has one. But you get points for spending your credit card on anything, like travel points that can go to flights, hotels, excursions. But then you get double the points if you use the card to book your travel or anything travel-related. So that's the train. That's like locally. That's gas. That's, um, I think, even dining out for some of the cards, you get double the points. So then... I've gotten free trips through that as well. So, yeah, I mean, I make the system work for me. <laughs> for real. I mean, I work hard. Like, I work a lot. Yeah. So, um, it's not all free. I don't travel for free all the time. Yeah. But I definitely make it work for me. Usually, every year, I end up with, like, one to two free trips. Nice. Yeah, which is good. How many times a year do you travel, typically? Uh, it depends. Last year, I traveled... Maybe like twenty times. Twenty. Yeah, it's a lot. It's hectic, which yeah. is why I know for this podcast we tried to schedule this months ago. <laughs> um, but I know you guys aren't here, so welcome to New York. Um, but I also travel a lot, so it's it's hard uh, to keep up with life sometimes, man. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's fun. Um, and I'm young, and I'm like, yo, while you're young, travel, see the world. Like yeah. so many people have this notion of. 
oh, when I retire, I'm going to travel. Right, right. But why do you want to travel when your feet hurt, your back hurt? You got mm. kids to worry about. And we you have got... kids. We still travel. Listen. We travel with kids, too. But I'm, but I'm thinking for the younger people yeah. who have the opportunity, who don't have any of those things. Who don't have those things. Or people, who, I feel like people who do have those things. Like, we travel together um, typically in April, just us two. And then we do, like, a, a trip, a few trips with the kids. And then we'll, we're trying to, like, put in an extra trip with just us two, too. Yeah, y'all need to, y'all need to get y'all little personal time together <laughs> <laughs> um there's um we don't my wife and i don't have kids yet but we look at this travel blogger the traveling child yes and she's always traveling with her family and she gives me inspiration like she travels probably as much as me and she gives me the, the inspiration like okay my life won't change all the way it'll probably slow down let me i'm not traveling with a newborn obviously but um but you look, can we saw we saw a lot of travel with newborns man well, i ain't doing it <laughs> but I look. We, we had some good babies on our flight too. Oh, that's good. Yeah. But I look forward to traveling. Um, <laughs> that's good for them. <laughs> when I build, when I build my family, I look forward to yeah. that and help because I didn't travel a lot when I was younger. Right. Um. So I look forward to traveling a lot and having my child like see the world very young because mm-hmm. I think it makes you a better person, gives you a better perspective on life. I think and, and people and culture, yeah, yeah, all that good stuff and and also like food, all of it. But it also makes you realize your place in the world a little bit better mm-hmm. um i think especially when you grow up in a big city you kind of think that where you grow up is like the center of the world and nothing else matters but you travel and you realize like you're a small part of this huge huge space that we occupy um so it humbles you and it helps you to just center yourself and and realize well you know if i was made and created amongst all this other stuff out here it must be for a purpose, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. Do you take advantage of the Sky Lounge? Do I? <laughs> so another <laughs> another benefit for these travel credit cards is lounge access. I love a good lounge. So I only got into the lounge life a few years ago. Uh-huh. I always used to pass and be envious. Oh. <laughs> and um, now that I've upgraded my travel life, with these travel rewards cards, you get access to some of the lounges. I love a good lounge. You just feel so civilized. <laughs> you know, the airport can be such a chaotic place. Yeah. And it's like people look angry and people are dragging things and people are screaming and frustrated and delayed flights and canceled flights. You go in the lounge and it's like, ah. <sighs> <laughs> I'm like, this is how I'm supposed to travel, guys. This is this is the part I've been so missing civilized. with this travel thing. <laughs> That and first class. Have y'all ever been upgraded to first class? No. How do you get upgraded? Yo. So that's what another thing. What do I do? Thing. That's another thing. With Delta specifically, um, which is one of my favorite airlines to travel with, you get statuses based on how much you travel for the year, how far you go, how much you spend. There's like yeah. different criteria. Um, usually I make I make it up to silver status. So I finally made it to gold status for this year. And I got upgraded to first class? I was like, oh, and this is my time. This is my time. Were you like walking in slow motion? Like oh. <laughs> wind wind blowing like, in your beard? Like, no, the wind was blowing in my beard. No. The angels were singing over my shoulders as I was walking to my seat. I sat down and I was like, oh, I have all this space. I stretched out. I stretched out in my seat. Um, I think I was like the only black person in first class. I was tired. I was like, my people need to experience this with me. <laughs> I don't want to be alone up here in first class. And you know, of course, all the white people think you're an athlete or an actor when you're a black man in first class. Um, and I'm like, I'm a businessman. How are you? 
Um, no, I've been upgraded a few times, but the way you get upgraded, at least with Delta, is based on points. Um, okay. If you're a loyal traveler, you can see on the Delta app like where you are in the upgrade status list mm-hmm. um, because I have a Delta reward card. And so it doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes it's like, oh, you're number three out of 30 to be upgraded. Yeah. And I'd be like, Lord, somebody canceled their flight in first class. Somebody. It's going to be me. And it ha- it's happened a few times. It's amazing, man. First class is like how we're supposed to travel. That's how I feel. That's how we're supposed to travel. Not cramped up with the and seat. How, how tall on are your you? Knees. I'm 6'1". Exactly. So that's what I was just about to say. Sometimes I travel and my knees are like digging in the seat in front and of me. just wait till they lean back. <laughs> this is before they lean back. And I'm just like, y'all, you really going to lean back, bro? You ain't look back and see me. I'm, I'm a big man. I need space, man. And I get it. If you need space, you're supposed to pay for first class. I don't, I don't know if I can do that. I haven't gotten there yet in my travel journey where I would splash out for first class. <laughs> I'm five two and a half, and I think sometimes I'm like six two and a half because I'd be like, my knees, I need space. <laughs> I need leg room. Surround with these people. No, but, I mean, uh, listen, Where were you headed the first time that you got upgraded? The first time I got upgraded, I was... Oh, this was a few years I ago. Hope it I it was, was a long trip, too. It wasn't. It was, a, it was Vegas the first time. I had a project, an event in Vegas, and I got upgraded on my way back, and I was so happy because it was um, a red eye. Mm-mm. So it was a night flight. I was like, thank God yeah. I will get some sleep. And then where else have I gotten upgraded? Um, actually, now that I think about it, it's only been short flights. You need, that, you need one of them long flights. Yeah. I need me a good like. Can you like decline an upgrade so that you could save it up for the like, next one? Um, not this one, thank you. I'd like to hold. I'd like to reserve, but keep my spot as number one for the next flight. <laughs> can you? Can you do that? I, would love I wonder. That. No. Or do you get pushed back to like fifty? Yeah, you get pushed back. Oh. And I don't know. It's like I don't know. It's weird. It's like an algorithm. I'm looking at my flight to Virgin Islands next week. And I'm like 13 on the list. I'm like, if you just, might, I can make it. It might. They got like six seats open in first class, a few in comfort. I'm trying to be in first class, bro. Yo, it feels good. And they feed you good food. Yo, the food in first class, <laughs> they give you proper silverware. They give you an option with good food. And I'll be like, y'all, y'all were serving me like Do y'all a have biscuit better wines? in the back. What? Do you have better wines Every, in first class? Everything. It's a whole we had different. a crap wine. It was like, it's the house wine, the airplane house wine. It's a whole different world. It's a whole different world. And going back to what we were talking about before of like black people owning our space, it we don't even know how to ask for things that we want sometimes, I think, because we're so used to like... We don't know that we're deserving. We don't know that we're deserving, and we're just happy to be there, and we get what we get. And I think people take advantage of that, so... Yo, ask for what you want. You never know mm. what they hiding in first class or mm-hmm. in the lounge or anywhere in life. Like, we need to start demanding what we want out here. <laughs> Shonda Rhimes, yeah, other yeses. We going to yes, get that. Uh. Gonna, that's the <laughs> book that he's currently reading right now, and I'm about to get it next. Yes. Say it again one more time. Shonda Rhimes, year of yeses. Yeah, year of yeses. Yes. I'm trying to say yes. So, oh, I, I heard of this book where, like, someone was reading it and they were just trying to say yes more. Yes. yes. That's what the book is about. You yes. say yes more because her whole concept is that she she was saying no to everything. No to her kids. No to her job. Well, no, not really her job. No to relationships um, because huh. she was so consumed with work. And even in work, she was scared of 
certain things like speaking opportunities. She didn't want to be in the light. She was just like a hard worker behind the scenes. I need to do that. And I was like, I can totally relate to that because people don't realize it, but I'm such a behind the scenes person. Like super behind the scenes to the point where when people know me or know of me through something. Through your work? I'm just like, you talking to me? Like, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if you're talking to me. I'm, But I realized... I think like last year or the year before, in 2019, in building your career, you're doing yourself a disservice by not allowing yourself to be in whatever light you're supposed to be in. Mm. Like you can't hide behind. So she was hiding behind people wanted her to talk on, you know, late night talk shows and huge press opportunities, speaking at colleges. Mm -hmm. And she was like, no, no, no. I don't want to do anything that has to do with me talking to people, being in spotlight, being in the front. But it's like, why are you being scared of these things? Mm. You've been afforded these things because of all the work you've put in. Mm-hmm, it's not mm-hmm. like you have no, nothing to share with the world. Like, people want to hear from you. They want to see you. Um, blocking your own blessings. Exactly. Yeah. So amongst other things, that's what the book is about. It's about saying yes to more things because you don't know what come from those things. Mm. Yeah. Pick up that book, y'all. And she didn't endorse me. I'm making this seem like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm selling her a book for her, Shonda Rhimes. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. So thank you again for coming and showing us love and being a part of our podcast. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. It's been dope. Where can our audience find you? Um, all over, man. I'm all over. I'm <laughs> out is. in these streets. No, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, the business page is Soul Society, S O U L Society. I'm on Instagram. Personal is King Ronda Don. K I N G T H E. No. K I N G R O N T H E D O N. King Ron <laughs> the Don, not duh, D A. Because people always ask me that. Is it duh, Don? <laughs> I'm like, I'm a grown Dead. man. Okay. <laughs> um, the website is soulsociety101.com. Um, and also check out Soul Society 101 the podcast. I need to have y'all on the podcast, actually. Yeah, let's get this podcast exchange love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so are you ready to get your passport stamped? You can follow Rondell on IG at King Ron the Don and also on IG Soul Society, both one word. If you like the show, please leave us a review and five stars and follow us on IG to get exclusives on our guests and upcoming guests. If you have a suggestion for who we should interview next, email or DM us. Thank you again for your support as we continue to change the narrative.